0: Hey church family, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you're here. Today we have uh, just a church member and a guest and a good friend who's in the office with me to share on the podcast. We've got Linda Allen. So I just want to welcome Linda. Hey Linda, thanks for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Linda, um, this is bittersweet to be honest with you. I'm, um, you and I are recording this before uh, the Sunday service on the 24th, but you know, this Sunday is going to be the last Sunday that we get to celebrate. Jesus with the Allen family in the room for a while, right? Because you guys are about to move away. We are. And you and I were having a conversation the other day that just led me to say, Linda, would you come to a podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, we love to have the voices of our church family on the podcast. And so uh, you're going to be talking with us today about just the power of community, just church family. Um, and especially, you've got, you and Ash, y'all have the gift of hospitality. You've used your home, you know, to host your kids' Sunday school parties and, you know, have friends over. You've leveraged that for missions you've encouraged church staff you just have you've done amazing thank you so I've got to be honest you know I want to sabotage your move so, you guys, <laughs> so you guys can't go but I can, I've given up hope of that so instead I just want to capture your witness and I just want to let you just challenge our church family a little bit so um, first of all let's just launch let's talk about community church community church family okay. you know you and Ash and your kids y'all got a great testimony of uh, of just church family that you've experienced in your Sunday school community and other friends you just want to talk about that for a second to set up this podcast.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I want to start by saying that Carterville, is, being a member of Carterville, the really the first time I've ever experienced what it means to have a church family. And I'm serious when I say that. And I've been members of churches before, yeah. but this has been special. And I think um, some of it is the fact that I'm a transplant, yeah. maybe, has really affected how we have engaged yeah. in the idea of community.
0: So, so like me, you did not grow up. In in the Pine Belt.
1: That's right. And in fact, my whole history, I was a military kid. So every three years of my life growing up, we moved. Yeah. <laughs> D- dramatically. You know, yeah. we moved from, like, West Coast to East Coast to South Coast and, yeah. and all of the above, right? So I was had this sort of long history of being used to starting over. And then uh, when I graduated from college uh, in Washington State, I moved to Arizona to go to grad school. And when I finished grad school, I moved to Mississippi for my first job after grad school. And so I had this long sort of pattern of having to start over by myself in an area where I didn't know a soul. So that sort of informs sort of the backstory coming in. So coming into Mississippi, I didn't know anybody. um, And not just people, but culture. You know, it was sort of different culture, different experience. Um. And I didn't have a history at the Baptist church either. So lots of new sorts of things. And when I met my husband, Ashley, he's a, if anybody knows him, well, I love <laughs> listening, him. I adore him. he's a good old boy. He's yeah. born in Brit. He's from, grew up in Mendenhall, which you yeah. can tell about two seconds into listening to him speak. Yeah, You know, he's got that, that country accent. And so for him, he's always sort of been around this area. But for me, this is all new. Uh, But even so, he's not from pedal either. So for both of us moving to pedal and trying to build a community means starting over. And for me, it's what I was used to. I had to do it over and over again my whole life. So I was just sort of jumping in and doing what I was used to doing. But I start with that story because I feel like in a town like Petal, and I've never lived in a town like Petal before, um, and it's wonderful and we've loved every bit of it, um, but in a town like Petal, I think we're the exception where most people here aren't transplants. Most people here grew up together and have known each other since kindergarten and, and more than half the town is related in some way, shape, or form. And so I think that the challenge that faced us is a challenge that a lot of people in Petal are really not familiar with. And so uh, if there's a message that I could sort of really leave to everybody in this one podcast, it would be to think of... Those people that are transplants. Yeah,
0: you know one of the one of the great things about our community is the strength of the relational bonds. How yes. well people love each other. Yes. But you know the, the flip side of that is like when you think about groups. Um, if you're the new person that walks into a group of ten new people, no problem, we'll all bond equally. Mm-hmm. But if you're the new person that walks into a room where ten best friends have gathered, it is so hard to get connected because you just feel kind of like an outsider. Right. You know, and everybody else is busy and engaged and has plenty of relationships, and so. Um, um, that's really, I man. I I received that word from you. That's a good reminder and a great challenge for our church. You know, our our church family is awesome at loving people really well when they walk in the door. And the way I want us to keep growing in Jesus is continuing to love people really well and to open some space for them and make sure that there's plenty of connections like what you guys have experienced. Mm-hmm. That's a great. That's a great reminder for us and any community like us where there's a lot of strong bonds. It's hard to get into get into right. those circles sometimes. Um, but I'm glad you guys were able to do that. I'm glad you guys experienced community. So let's talk about that. What was it like for you? Because God really... I mean, you know, you've transformed us, and there's been, you know, God's transformed your family. But a lot that's happened in the context of your your friends, your Sunday school groups, your kids, Sunday school teachers. And so, how have you guys engaged community that way? How's it changed you?
1: So, um, there's sort of, as I explained before, like a pattern of how I always would start a new community. That pattern changes in the context of the church. I think yeah. it works a little bit differently. Okay, great. So, you know, my whole life, like I said, I would move to a new place, and I just try to start meeting people. I would host a lot. You know, yeah, right. I. You know, I really don't meet a stranger. Somebody who really is a stranger to me, we find something in common immediately, and I say, "Let's have a dinner party. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's watch this football game. Let's do something." You know, i was sort of always sort of organizing events and having people over. Um, and I think a lot of my friends now say, "Oh, it's because you have these resources, or maybe you have a good space to do this." But when I was in a tiny apartment, you were doing the same. I was thing. doing the same. That's right. Right. So it's not about how much you have. That's
0: right. It's about sort of your heart and So I've been to I've been to a Linda Linda Allen lunch party, right? And <laughs> yes. so I am I'm just imagining that when you're in grad school you probably weren't whipping out that same meringue on that <laughs> pie, you know but but you know, with ramen noodles or whatever. I'm right. just, but it was in your heart and with the yes. and with what other context you were in, it it's more about who you are than what you what you Yeah,
1: had. I mean if you're just waiting to have a better space or, you know, Better look a more complete set of China so yeah. you can host. So
0: let me throw out this. Let me throw this out here as a pastor. I would rather our church family open their homes yes. and and serve spaghetti on paper plates yes. and love one another well than wait until they have everything that everything that they think they'd have to have in place to be able to have anybody in their home.
1: That's exactly it. Because you know, a lot of people have said, "Oh, you just liked." To entertain, or you just have this gift of hospitality, but it's not something that just sort of comes to you, you know. It's something that you have to cultivate because you're trying to love people and meet people, and you don't. It's not. I guess what I'm trying to say is,
0: you can do it in any space. So how? So give me give me a couple of tips um, because I'm preaching about community for the next several weeks. Like that's what that's where we are as a church. Uh, I think for us, losing the opportunity to gather. Um, has helped us see how valuable community was. Yes. And so it's also like a, a really neat moment for us to just shape this together. Right. Well, let's talk to you about the hospitality part of community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why is it important for church folks to open their homes to each other? And what happens when you do? I think that's a great question.
1: For a long time, I, and I think you know a little bit of this story, Ben, I had left the church and was really skeptical about the church, and during that time, I didn't turn away from Jesus. I was just mad at the church, I understand. Right? right? And so there was a good period where I really thought, well, "I don't need the church." Yeah. Right. I may need Jesus. I may need God. I can pray on my own. Right. You know, but, if you know, there's people that are going to behave badly. Well, I don't need that building. That's right. I don't need the institution. That's
0: right. The hypocrisy, the rules, the whatever. Right.
1: And as somebody who has sort of lost their way and come back and found their way again, one thing that I have appreciated more than anything else is how much I do need the church, even with the flaws and the hypocrisy and the people who sin, which is all of us, right? right? Sure. Even with, there's always going to be that outside the church, inside the church, that yeah. is sort of irrelevant, right? I mean, but what I have appreciated is how and why I need the church. It's, it, you can't just pray on your own in a closet, right? You have to have accountability, And for me, my faith walk has been something that has ebbed and flowed, right? Even since I've come back and have been full on a lover of Jesus and have testified as much as I can, there are moments where I feel really close to the Lord and there are moments where I feel like I'm drifting. In fact, it was a sermon of yours a long time ago where you talked about the Lord being an anchor. And sometimes you feel yourself drifting away from that anchor and you need to sort of, Kind of tether yourself closer and pull yourself back in. And I felt reassured by that sermon, thinking, okay, it's not just me, right? Like, not everybody is just full on, you know, overwhelmed, you know, by the love of Jesus every second of their life, right? Sometimes you kind of get lost in life or things happen and you start to drift. And it is the the people the community that reminds you they pull you back in they love you they give you those reminders they extend you grace and you need others to do that i don't know if it's impossible to do it without a church but it's so much harder for sure yeah. so i have come to sort of look back on my younger self that says you know i don't need the church i can still believe what i believe as somebody who just didn't really Appreciate yeah. right, all the benefits that can be had when you have a community supporting you.
0: So I know that you and I talked a little bit yesterday about just God just over over the years, right, transforming your life over the course of a decade. Yes. Right? And I'm just gonna sort of say out loud that a lot of that is because you engaged community. In other words, you could have come and sat in the back of the church yes. every other Sunday mm-hmm. and slipped out the door. Right. Um, and you could have checked off the box to say, I went to church, I worship God still, I'm a Christian still. So Still, I'll be in heaven when I die. Right. But your choice to create community, even when it was tough to create, um, your um, man, your engagement in your house and in the homes of your friends, your hospitality, creating that community around you was part of how God transformed your faith and mm-hmm. your walk with him.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this. when And you know some of this already. Well, I did not grow up in the Baptist church. I grew up Lutheran and then was out of the church for a very long time. And after I got married, you know, my husband had been a lifelong Baptist, so we started visiting Baptist churches and eventually joined Carterville, really felt called to be here. But, and this is the most important part of my story, really, for a very long time after I first joined Carterville, I sort of felt like a fraud sitting in the pew. Um, And what I mean by that is... I didn't understand really a lot of the faith. Um, I had a lot of conceptions in my mind as to what maybe the Baptist church was about, and I didn't know if my conceptions were accurate or not. A lot of them came from the movie Footloose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where the preacher says no dancing.
1: Right, but, and, and, and I still and to this day so, wonder if that's a rule so, because I've heard some the, people with different
0: views on it. So, so Linda, to, to be fair, like for all of us who have grown up Baptists, you know, we just think of Baptists as like genuinely, like, oh, these are great great people who love the Lord and will love you. But uh, I've got to let everybody on the podcast know, if you've been Baptist all your life, like that's not the word that's out there in the world sometimes. Right. like If you just, if your impression of what Baptist was came from the movies or from blog posts right now, you would think, my goodness, I don't want anything to do with these people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I found myself confused by that for a long time until I started to sort of say, well, what are they hearing? Mm-hmm. Because my experience, for the most part, in Baptist Church, have been in healthy churches mm-hmm. with, with great Christ-following people. Right. And so, man, I just have enjoyed the good end of that. <laughs> right, but you came in worried.
1: Really uh, worried. And just wondering, you know, I thought, well, I don't know if I really belong here. Yeah. You know, I was nervous about all of it. I thought, well, you know, do I believe the right things? And I believed in Jesus all along, but I yeah. didn't know that that was the only right thing, you yeah. know? I mean, I thought, these people know what I really think, you know, would they kick me out? I don't know. And I really um, couldn't plug in. I couldn't not just, I don't just mean like plug into the church and meet people, but plug into the faith.
0: Yeah, you are not sure yet.
1: Right, because of that. And, and the reason I was reminded of that story is because of how you said, well, you could just come and sit in the back row and then go home. And it felt like that's what we were doing, except we're in the front row, right? So yeah. we would sit and then go home and sit and go home. And it wasn't until... We joined a small group. Yeah, it wasn't until then that I really started to get to know people, and then realize, oh, these are regular people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, these are these are regular people that are not this sort of stra- totally strange, you know, different cultural anomaly, yeah, right? right? Like, oh, and we're all here for the same reason, and we're all flawed in different ways, and we're all here to love each other and love the Lord. It broke down all the conceptions, the stereotypes. Yeah. It, and that has. So much of a greater impact than just allowing me to make friends. Yeah. It gave me access to the faith, right? Once your walls start to come down and then you start to appreciate, oh, this is why we're here, you start to feel grace, you start to receive it and extend it. That community made all the difference yeah. for me. So,
0: you know, as a pastor, I love theology. I love scripture. I love biblical truth. I love theological truth. But here's a community truth that is just sociologically true. Uh, like in faith, what I'm finding is that in the, in the space that we live in, and I really think that this has actually been part of culture for much longer and it's much bigger. Um, honestly, belonging is is sometimes a precursor, but always a part of believing. Right. You know. In, in other words, um, it's one thing to say your faith is a set of beliefs, but right. it's another thing to see the people who hold that and to love them and walk with them. And for a lot of us, um, I think what some people are missing in our in our beliefs or our faith, it's not just the theology or the Bible study; it's that they're not connected in community. You know. That is. And so, I would love to see after COVID nineteen when everybody says, "Man, I miss I miss community," I would love to see a dozen new small groups started. You know three people and a leader get together to say ben teach us how to do bible study can we create a small group and and reach out to others and create community for jesus sake absolutely because i would love to see people experience what you've experienced Mm -hmm. you know really the transformation from god's hand uh, by doing life together in the faith with people that you love